For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. All right. Uh, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers post-game show brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It was a slaughter uh, today in Charlotte. New Orleans Saints defeated the Carolina Panthers 42-10. to And I have to officially say this. Pour one out for these homies because this team is dead. Good Lord. And I am glad it is finally over. It, that game felt so long. And um, I'm here to talk about it and to chop up really some of this, these latest news and opinions here. Oh, who's playing in the background? The that's one of the cat calls going. I'm here with my homeboys. Cody Lashney was at the game. How did you withstand that beatdown? Oh, man. Uh, you know, you said this was a long game. How about this has been a long season? Oh, man. It just seems like um, uh, I said to you just now, whatever team we play executes their plan to perfection, no matter what that plan is. Um, I'm happy the 2019 season is over. I'm ready to start looking to the draft and free agency and, you know, what, what the future of the Carolina Panthers holds. And, and I'm going to do it with you guys, my boys, on, on the best Panther podcast on YouTube. And it turns out we just happen to have the most lit Panther fan base in our YouTube chat. Christina Aguirre, John Kitko Barrera, Sarah Taylor, Richards Outdoors World, Tim Stellings, Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. For our last post game of the season, let's roll. I'm glad we can finally put a nail in this coffin because uh, starting, uh, well, we're pushing the show back to Thursday because of New Year's Eve, but uh, getting back on our regular Tuesday episodes on the C3 Panthers podcast, we'll be able to look forward now instead of having to deal with whatever this was over the past set what 17 weeks now it's been a tough road we're here to close it all out we've also got ck in the house how you doing ck 
or maybe living the dream, man. Yeah, living there the dream. is. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I'm just trying to get back in and settled. But uh, man, I uh, obviously been better, but not what we uh, hoped for as far as a comp- competitive game. But everything we wanted to have happen happened beyond a win. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hit his numbers, and we uh, we got the loss. So, and I think the Dolphins losing helps our draft pick, or winning helps our draft pick actually. So. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, so there are some things to be excited about. Brian Burns, uh, one of those. Christian McCaffrey hitting 1,000, 1,000. He got his record. Stat Daddy, how you doing, man? Eight straight losses. There's a stat you didn't want to have to hear. That is a stat, especially eight straight losses when you finish with 11 altogether. That means you started the season pretty well. Five and three going in the beginning of the first half, and oh, it ain't in the last, but... uh... It's a weird day, man. It's a day where I saw Greg Olson almost cry, but I think the cameraman sensed it was coming, and they cut Thank away you. real yeah. quick. <laughs> you were exactly but, right uh, about that. It definitely but, uh, felt like the last one. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, man. I'm, I'm gonna hate to say goodbye to him, but um, it's it's the business. It's the way it is. So. All right. Well, we want to encourage everybody to be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. It's time to take a seat on the C3 couch. We're going to get through this together. Um, and uh, go ahead and subscribe, smash the thumbs up button, and don't forget to check us out. Usually Tuesday nights at 9 p.m., but this week, because of New Year's, we will be on Thursday night. Guys, let's go ahead and get into the show. Um, Cody, you were there. You saw it happen. Um, you asked us, was it as bad on TV as it was there? I can't imagine it being worse than being there. That must have been just... They put up 35 points. I thought they were. I thought the Saints were not worried about the Packers winning or losing. I thought that they were trying to make it into like a BCS bowl or something. Remember when they like having yeah. to run the score up helps mm-hmm. you in college? That's what I felt like that first half was like. Cody, how long was that first half in the stadium? How quiet was it? What was the atmosphere like at this game? No, so I'm glad that you asked that because you know for. Uh, a team that's playing for nothing, that doesn't have any aspects of, of being anything good this year. It, it was a really respectable crowd. And I felt like there was a good uh, good attendance there. Uh, uh, fans were loud and engaged and happy to be there. And I, I feel like Panther fans at this point have kind of accepted that you have to find something to cheer for, even if there's nothing to cheer for. So everybody's doing their best to be happy and, you know, celebrate and cheer and be loud when the defense is on the field. Um, and I feel like for the most part, we did that. So a little bit of context about my experience. I'm at the game with my brother, who is a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. So, you know, he's having fun. And I'm having fun, too. But, you know, obviously his team is kicking my team's ass. Uh, a day after LSU runs up Oklahoma, and he's also a diehard LSU fan, so... All I'm hearing about this entire weekend is how great Louisiana football is. Um, but you know what, man? I was happy to be there. Um, if this is indeed Greg Olson's final hurrah with the Carolina Panthers, um, I'm honored to say I was at this game. Uh, I'm honored to say I was at the game where Christian McCaffrey got a thousand, a thousand. Um, we definitely have some things to be proud of when you put it in perspective. 
You know, Christian McCaffrey getting into uh, getting a thousand a thousand makes the third player in all time history. Roger Craig as well as Marshall Falk. So that is heck of an accomplishment. Cody, how's your house gonna be when it comes time for Clemson LSU? Oh dude, this dude, you have no idea. It, <laughs> it, it's gonna get legit bad over here. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like it's it's gonna it's gonna be a war zone because we both like to talk shit. And not just a little bit of shit, but a lot of shit. And both of our teams are playing in the national championship. The Tigers from Death Valley versus the Tigers from Death Valley. So uh, we got what we wanted. This is what we wanted to start the college football season. So uh, it's going to be tough. But the Panthers-Saints rivalry between us has kind of prepared me for this day. So we'll see how it goes. Greg Olson, if it is his final game, he finished today with two catches, 12 yards. Um, it, it, this was a stat. Max Henson, I've got this tweet up, guys. Uh, Max Henson said, Henson from the Panthers said, if Greg Olson has played his last game, here are his ranked of all time among tight ends. Fifth with 8,444 receiving yards. Fifth with 718 receptions. And eighth with 59 receiving TDs. And that's with two years injured in the back end of his career. And really uh, not being able to play with Cam over the last two years at the same time, or three years in a, in a way. Cam and, Cam and Greg were sensational together. I love how much, I think for me, the biggest defense of Cam Newton has always been how his teammates talk about him, particularly Greg Olson. There has always been a special reverence for Cam Newton or appreciation for Cam Newton from Greg Olson, and he continued it this week when he said that, you know, when Cam and him were together, there wasn't anybody better. You got to like that. That does sound like a guy waxing nostalgic, though, a little, maybe thinking about the end of his career. Do you think that Greg Olson hangs it up, guys? I think he does. I think I you don't. I, yeah, I don't. I think you don't see the emotion you saw from him at the end of the game without him knowing it's last game. You know, but is that not it? Like it, it kind of reminded me though of the Brett Favre moment, though. You know, right. when when everybody else outside of Brett Favre thought it was their last game, like his last game, so they gave yeah. him this like big ovation and everything. And you know, as as a player like that, you know, you kind of feel like you're being forced into retirement for that. And if you're not quite ready, you know, you don't want to go out like this, right? I mean, yeah. if I had to guess, there's a there's one reason Greg Olson continues to play, and that is because he, he does not want his legacy to end with a team this bad, right? I think yeah. he needs to be able to prove, uh, you know, I, I could see that being a situation where he wants to come back, especially if they bring Cam back, because, you know, if nothing else but a last hurrah, you know, to, to say, you know, he gave everything he could, and you know he still wasn't able to pull it out to get to the Super Bowl, but or you know to win the Super Bowl, I should say. I don't know. I, I think it is his last game. I think that Monday Night Football gig is going to be calling his name, um, and that's tough to pass up. He's going to be making a lot more money doing that than he would be sticking around with us. Um, any chance you see Greg Olson wearing a different jersey other than the Carolina Panthers? That it depends on if he gets cut, and he really thinks he has some time. You know, we thought Khalil was done. You know, unfortunately. Well, you know, yeah, we Khalil was... just took a. He just that was a money grab. You know, Greg Goldson. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I, but he could go and play with a team. 
Thomas you know, Davis. I mean, he played with some. He played with. He played with the Bears. Uh, oh, you know, before. So it's not like him finishing in a Carolina Panthers jersey is like the most important thing in his mind. I would think. I, I think it is because of this whole situation with his kids. I think he's sewn to Carolina for the rest of his life. Yeah, I really do. I, like, I don't know. I don't know if you've read up on any of that stuff with his kids, and I don't want to blast all. His, I mean, it's out there. It's information, but. Uh, he had a doctors here in North Carolina that helped save his children's life, and yeah, he's you know forever grateful for that. And I think he always wants to be known as a Panther or in Carolina from now on. And and listen, I hate to kind of frame it this way, but I, I have to, man. This is the second year in a row that we're ending our season lamenting the the loss of some of the greatest Panther players that we've ever had. Last year it was Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, Ryan Khalil, and sending them out on a sour note on a sorry football team. And and now we're doing the same thing for Greg Olson. And I just, I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys deserve so much more. But to that point, man, I, I just think that even if Cam Newton comes back, yeah, that would obviously be the biggest motivator for Greg Olson to return to the football team next year. But at the same time, man, it's like how much better, like, okay, so we have to have a brand new coaching staff. We're going to have brand new people in our front office. We're going to have a, a whole new everything. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover. I mean, like, it, it's one thing if we knew that right now the roster as is was poised to make a run and Cam was going to come right. back healthy. But then, yeah, that's one thing, and maybe he would do it. But none of those scenarios are, are in effect for us. So even if Cam Newton does come back, which I do think he will, I, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth the wear and tear on your body – uh, that Greg Olson has has put it through. He's done so much for the community. And, yeah, why put your head through more trauma when your head is going to be what makes you the paychecks for the rest of your life calling football? So I just – I hate that we have to send them out this way, but it's probably time. What is the – what have the Saints done with – who? what deal have they bargained with the devil – to get <laughs> all of these players all the time now. Like, I mean, they're so deep in the season right now. <sighs> they haven't had they are they're getting injured now in their secondary. All of a sudden they get Janoris Jenkins. They got uh another cat that was playing real well. They got um you hear about Antonio Brown. They worked <laughs> Antonio the, Brown too. Like, yeah. Is that uh the Saints always get players they always pay players and somehow they continue to get players why how is this even possible well because they're a winning football team i mean if you're janoris jenkins which by the way if you look at why janoris jenkins was cut it's the funniest shit in the world it's because he called somebody uh, is yeah, it uh yeah so he he, he said called somebody a, a, a i guess i'll just say it called somebody a retard and then he re- he refused to apologize for it. So the Giants, Dave Gettleman, mind you, cut him, and now the Saints are um oh are, uh, stream froze. Don't say that. Mine isn't froze. Mine Thanks. mine's still yeah, still moving. Deal. Yeah, good. but um yeah, but hey, listen, they're a good football team, man. Listen, like we're fans of the Panthers, but most of these players, like they just want to go to whoever has a good team and whoever's going to pay them. And whoever has a chance of giving them a Super Bowl ring. So 
If you, How if about you, for Janoris Jenkins, though, to get off the damn Giants by <laughs> and get on a team that ultimately could possibly win the Super Bowl? Yeah, just start calling people retards. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah, what a punishment. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it has to do with a little bit of market size, too. New Orleans is a fun place to be. Big, big, big place to be. A lot of money flows through there. A lot of so. good food. Uh, a lot of good, lot of good yeah, food. Man. All right. Christian McCaffrey had nine rushing attempts for 26 yards at touchdown. He got he had ten, seven catches, 72 yards. He was able to just crest the thousand. I saw someone say it in the chat room that they weren't comfortable with him just sitting at a thousand. Like you hate if they go and like adjust the record book to that tomorrow. Like give him a little well, he cushion. Went, he, he, yeah, he went back in for one more play and got five more yards just to prevent that. So he got a thousand five. Thousand five. He was he was only like thirty something yards. So they were showing on the screen like where he ranks all the time. Dude, McCaffrey is above the Daniel Tomlinson right now, which is just insane on all purpose yards or for a, for a season. But uh, he wasn't. He was like thirty yards off of Marshall Falk. So and they had yeah. Reggie Bonifani and at like the at like. Nine minutes into the fourth quarter, so it's just—I uh, don't know. I mean, he already set a record today. I don't know if it would have hurt to run him just a little bit more and to maybe get some more, but I don't know. He set two All records right. today, uh, technically. Yeah. Let's see. Is there? How are the Bobcats doing? Are you and the Bobcats, the Hornets, doing right now? <laughs> you can tell you're a basketball fan. I know. I know. Hold on, I gotta look it up. When are they playing next? Let's see. I was going to tell you guys if you want to go check out a Hornets game or you want to go to a Carolina Hurricanes game. They lost to the Rangers. Saw that, I think it was last night, night before. Uh, you want to head over to VividSeats.com. Check out the Vivid Seats app. Um, there's a rewards loyalty program where they will hook you up with first-time users if you use the promo code OVERTIME up to a $100 discount. Vivid Seats, you can get the ticket you want for a price you like. Go to Vivid Seats, sort by event, sort by seat, sort by game. And now you don't have to go see a Carolina Panthers game. Now you could go see something that maybe has some promise, particularly those Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, don't forget to use the promo code overtime. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. It's a place. Hop on the couch. Let's see what you guys got to say. Make sure I got the volume turned up because I'll never do see what they got to say today. C3, it's Theo from Asheville. Um, I just really want to commend you guys for sticking with this team the whole year and not in the sense of like you believe in them, just like having to cover these guys for an hour and a half, (laughs) two hours or three hours. Oh my lord, every single game. It's been brutal. Sit up there and do that, man. I don't. I don't think I can. Oof. Oof. Hey, you guys are Anyways, the weirdos. Uh, that I don't really think to there's us. too many positives to take away from today's game. Obviously, I love so, it. That uh, was fun. I had yeah, a question dude. last week, and y'all kind of took it as like a head coach thing. I'm not really talking about the head coach. I want to wonder. Yeah, you know, I want to know like what five players, if you were a head coach, you had to hang on to. You know, five players that you had to keep around for next year. So, um. Yeah, I really commend you guys for for doing this all year, man, because it has been tough to watch. And, um, yeah, that's really all I got, man. Thank you guys for a great year. And um, 
yeah, fuck the Panthers for a horrible year. Keep pounding. The next year's going to be our year. So they say. All right. That's right. Yeah. All right, man. Keep you. pounding. Uh, thanks for the call, Theo and Asheville. Guys, um, I was thinking about this a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're going to be celebrating um, – christian mccaffrey as much as we can and boy the panthers are truly are they they knew that that's the only story that really mattered in this final game but for me the the name that really comes to mind and i think that cody you're gonna like this is brian burns i feel like we just need to commit at this point to building the defense around him almost Hmm. and Okay, Cody, so Brian Burns is the name that comes to mind for me the most. I think he's well, a guy that you can build an entire defense around. And if you noticed, at the end of that game, Brian Burns was getting pressures. Brian Burns was, was doing his damn thing. Um, mm-hmm. So let's he said name five players, and I'm going to name a few that might be kind of controversial. Um, dude, I really like Trey Boston on this football team. Like, it, to me, it's it's another one of those examples where, you know, you're only keying in on a player when they're making a bad player. There's a blown coverage. But, dude, I cannot tell you how many times in the past few weeks I've almost seen Trey Boston intercept the football or make a big play. And, and catch the, the damn ball, ball, Trey. Trey, catch the ball. Yeah, really, hey, but that's, why a, that's why he's a defensive back and not a receiver. Because, uh, yeah, he uh, doesn't have the greatest hands. But There ain't no I mean, quitting, Trey. You know what no, I'm saying? There really ain't is. no quitting, Trey. Even when he's having a bad game or a bad couple of plays or whatever, you can still say, see, he he's playing as hard as he possibly can, even if it's not great all the time. I'll say it's not great all the time because he got that penalty for, <laughs> you know, playing so hard that uh, roughing that – Hit after yeah. the uh, I mean, They said he said. Did you see he he said that there was over a hundred. He got fined over a hundred thousand dollars by the NFL for this stuff. Wow. This year? No, I didn't. Know that. Who? Trey Boston? Yeah. yeah. That's he what asked he said. Hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, he asked. I uh, think Panthers he's exaggerating. Start him a GoFundMe. Yeah, and did you see uh, Carl Van? Did you see what Carl Van, yeah. who's, a, who's a fan said, of the, C, he's the C3 po- podcast? <laughs> Didn't he say, like, you get us a win, I guarantee you, you'll be getting it or something like that. Oh, no, there's oh. a night. He just said, can I get five or six K? <laughs> like, that was his, like, Trey Boston asking for a hundred K, making all this. Carl said, look, can I just get five grand, yo? <laughs> uh, and, and, hey, real quick, before we go forward, uh, in our chat room, Michael Jones is the guy I saw at the stadium recognized me and got a picture with me. You can see that picture on my Word. timeline. <laughs> I, I, I see you, Michael. Shout out to you, man. Thank you for the love and for the support, man. Uh, got me all feeling like a celebrity and shit. Uh, I ain't nowhere close to that, but thank you, man. Um, but I mean, if I had to pick five players to answer um, uh, Theo's question, um, obviously Brian Burns. Well, I mean, okay, um, I'm the players that we've drafted, we know we're going to have for a little while. So I'm going to kind of pick some of those bubble players. Um, I would love to have Gerald McCoy back. Uh, I think that we didn't really get to see the best of him. Uh, I, I think we kind of needed to see him and Kwan Short on the field together. Um, I'll say Trey Boston. I already said that. I'd love to see Trey come back. If Bradbury is willing to come back on a reasonable deal, then I'm not... I'm not mad at it. I know somewhere Brandon Herbert is 
cussing oh, up man. a storm. He was all upset on Twitter already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cussing up a storm. Um, and then, um, I don't know, maybe Eric Reed. I mean, well, he's going to be on the team for another year anyway, but I'll say him just for shits and giggles. And one more. I don't know, man. Um, maybe Bruce Irvin for another year if it's for a reasonable deal. But yeah, we have some players that I wouldn't mind coming back and and being contributors to the to the football team. Thank you, Michael Jones, for the support of the C Three Panthers podcast. Um, you guys can be a part of the show by calling in two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Greg, is there anybody on this offensive line worth keeping? Matt Paradis. I was going to say, I think Paradis might be he had the a only penalty one. Today. That, yeah, but I mean, it happens. You know, he yeah, gets a penalty every once in a while. Um, he He's had a pretty decent year. He was our off big offseason pickup this year. <sighs> really? We're, we're kind of with him. You know, we're with him for right now. I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys think that? I wonder what Trey, how much time Trey Turner still has. I think he's got a lot on that. Anybody that other than the names that Cody said to you are there any names on cody's list that are controversial to you mccoy reed do we have to redo reed's deal already i think he no no got he, we got like yeah. three years yeah but that's what yeah. cody was saying he's just doing it for shits and eagles so uh, but the uh, two years went by fast right. uh so uh, i think uh <laughs> la- yeah last year so he has i think two years left because he signed a year or he signed a three-year deal after his first year which was last year, so he's got two more years with us. Um, DJ, well, he's on our team for a while. Dude, Trey Turner well, is only he... 26 years old. That can't be Yeah, dude, that's what's cool. crazy about it. Mm. Reason to keep him. So, I think more or less what he was asking, though, was if we were to st- if we were going to clear the entire franchise and you had to keep five players, who would you, who would you keep? More, more of a fantasy-type deal rather than a what we... Uh, so, uh, I've been thinking about the. Uh, I like Trey. Bo- I like. I'm okay with Trey Boston being on a team. I was thinking one of the things that's problematic with this team right now is that there was no personality to it. Like I yeah. almost, we need somebody to come in who is like a catalyst of energy, even if it's almost bad. You know, like we need somebody. With a bold, big personality. We don't have an identity. Yeah, we don't right. have an identity at all. And someone that's just, looking to slap you across your mouth every play. Just a badass. That's yeah. what I think we need. And so one of the things I think would be a good idea is if you do find a way to bring Gerald McCoy back, is I wouldn't mind just like drafting a defensive tackle at like 10 or whatever we're at. Or in the we're second gonna end up, round. We're gonna end up at- it's seven, probably. It depends on how the Jaguars beat the Colts or not. If the Jaguars beat the Colts, we'll end up at seven. If they lose, we'll end up at eight. I think we should get like a big ass guy that can play in a three-four. Mm. Uh, let Let me tell you, man. There's uh if that's what you want, there's there's a few to be had um, around around this draft. Um, so but do you if, see if the logic more... behind that? Because like oh, first yeah, is sure. that we we have we've questioned if McCoy is really uh with the personnel we've had minus KK 
appropriate yep. for this type of defense. Some people have asked that question. I feel like it's been floated around here. I thought he was going to be more effective in a 3-4 naturally, but he hasn't been able to play the end as much, right? Is He's been more relegated to playing like a nose. Who are we talking about? McCoy. Yeah, kind of because of personnel. But listen, yeah. and I think we've kind of said this on the podcast before. We didn't really know um, how much value Starlet Tudele brought to the team as a run. I was thinking that today. I was thinking yeah, that. I mean, yeah. he really. So listen, it's not flashy when you're not the one getting the sacks like everybody else. But dude, when you're that anchor, like you, you do all the hard work and get no glory. But but that, it is absolutely necessary for uh, for you to have that guy that can hold down the middle and let your other players on your defensive line either flow to the running back, rush the passer, and let your linebackers play faster. And I think that's why Luke and Shaq haven't really looked good in two years because the interior of our defensive line, it it doesn't help them out when offensive linemen can move up to the second level and and block them and make run lanes. And see, that's where I think the problem with thinking about drafting a defensive tackle that high is – is because although we are really bad against the run, our defensive line is not that bad. We lead the league in sacks. But on the other hand, our offensive line also leads the league in sacks allowed. So yeah. that means that we have one really good and one really, really bad. So if we're going to fortify any kind of position of line, for, you know, the seven or eight pick, I would probably go with the best offensive uh, tackle or guard you can find uh, because, you know, we, we need to have most help there, I think, than anywhere else. Well, yeah, I mean, is that we could go guard. I mean, I mean, we could go lineman or defensive lineman. But, I mean, you can't only look at that sack number because the run sure. defense is so, so atrocious, right? Yeah. And then and then the other idea is this, is that what the reason I kind of like the idea of going hog molly defensive tackle right now is because there's this kind of attitude from the coaching staff that Brian Burns – couldn't handle playing like just as a defensive end like he's this liability when clearly he is when clearly he is like a he's the only thing that's really electric out there so what we need to do is put players around him that can let him blossom into who he needs to be rather than just saying well it's not time yet you know, and then he can he's gonna evolve as a player. I was thinking that Brian Burns next year, as he starts to grow into a man body more and more, is going to be, could be a nightmare. I mean, he's been a nightmare this year. So give him yeah. some help and let him kind of run free a little bit. And I I don't know if we have a lot of talent there. And we're getting old quick again. I mean, think of this Mario Addison, right? Um McCoy KK is getting up there. He's hitting 30, right? Is that the question is we need some youth injected there. Now, the offensive line is horrendous as well. Um, in fact, it was worse today than it's been all year, I think. What do you think the problem is? Like, honestly, I mean, when you look at it, is it a breakdown of one side or is it just, you know, the with an offensive line, as we've said all season it doesn't have to be 
everybody failing. It could be one person failing and the wall just is just falls. So is there one person that's just truly underperforming or is it a true, you know, collective cumulative collapse? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, why, it I, always feels like they got an extra player, man. The de- the mm-hmm. their defense every time. Well, and I've said this before, our offensive line is just straight up getting their asses kicked. Like it's like some old like some old school bullet type stuff, man. Like they 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 beat us up. They always are able to push our offensive linemen back. It's I mean, I really do think that uh, you know, when we're talking about hiring new coaches, John Matsko needs to go too. John Matsko is a part of this old regime and uh, I, I don't you know, I, I'm no longer buying I don't want anybody with this team yeah, as, like associate I feel like it's got a stink on it now. And I did want to mention that, you know, I kind of have a, a, a love-hate relationship with pro football focus. But um, so PFF uh, had, and this was before today's game, that Matt Paradis had allowed 47 pressures on the year or something like that. And that is an astronomical amount for a center. Really? So not even for an offensive lineman, but specifically for a center, that's a ridiculous amount. And by the way, we were all happy. We all pretty much unanimously said that was our best free agent signing going into the year. I mean, he he rated really well before when he played with the Denver Broncos, and then now he's just all of a sudden a liability on a football team. But and, is it is it that's that's the, brings up the question though: is it him or is it is it there is there something deeper and more problematic happening that's, that's causing? that's causing a, a more systemic breakdown. That's what it seems like, right? You, yeah. you don't have these guys who go from being, you know, considered some of the best in the NFL, Kukli, Reed, uh, you know, you have a, a large amount of, you know, McCoy, and then obviously Dontari Poe. I mean, you have a very, by the names and the numbers, this should be a fantastic defensive line and a, a fantastic offensive line. But you know what? It just seems like on all phases, every aspect of our team has just collapsed, and it's not yeah. necessarily the talent is not good. It, it, that's where the argument of, you know, where does this actually, where where do we have to turn to fix this? Is it just coaching, or is there something deeper? Yeah, yeah I, I've been I have this coaching thing for a while. I, I think uh, we have a lot of talent. I've said it before. I just don't think that these coaches are capable of utilizing it. We're going to have a lot of discussion about free agency ahead of us, right? But mm-hmm. I want us to kind of remember this moment for when that comes around is that, one, I don't think Panther fans and us, even on this show, have a lot of experience with free agency, right? No. Like we have as an organization, we don't really know much about this thing called free agency but i do want to try to remember this for the future let me see is how long is matt parrot matt paradis has been in the league since 20 he started playing in 2015 all right so he played four seasons with the denver broncos let me just remind us that when we go to sign a free agent to not overly get excited about a player who's coming off an injury, even if they have been rated well in the past, right? Because, one, it's very hard with an offensive lineman, like CK is saying, is how do you rate a player? How do you, you know, when it is, when we can see that it's like this 
collective, this unit, so much. So, like, how was Denver's line as a whole during that time, number one? And number two is, like, we got to stop getting hype about people coming off of injury, man. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt Paradis was coming off of some sort of leg so injury. Was Khalil. Yeah. And we cannot... Now, at the same time, I'm about to ask you guys, should we go get A.J. Green? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, man. Not at all. Why, man? We need something, dude. We don't don't have enough. Would you trade Cam Newton for A.J. Green? I mean, I wouldn't trade. No, no, I wouldn't trade Cam Newton. But what I mean is. The, the 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 contract that AJ Green is going to demand is going to require that we get rid of somebody of a high dollar or high capacity. Do you think he really team. can? He's been hurt so much. I'm surprised. I'll be surprised if, league, man. Yeah. I would be surprised if he's able to get as much as that we're thinking. Hey um, man, I have you will. seen how many wide receiver needy teams are out there that have a lot of cap room? You know, one that comes to mind right now, the Colts. The Colts, but, I guarantee you, would pay him. But let let me just jump in here. Uh, 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 AJ Green might be rewarded for his patience of staying with the Cincinnati Bengals if they draft Joe Burrow, which I guarantee you the Bengals are going to do. I I, I do think that the difference in talent level between Andy Dalton and Joe Burrow, even though Burrow has never played in the NFL, I'll I'll give you that. So I'll jump back a little, but – uh, Joe Burrow is doing some really special things for LSU right now. I think uh, if you're AJ Green, you would covet the chance to have a quarterback throwing you the football. And that's where me and Tony have kind of disagreed on Curtis Samuel. Like, Curtis Samuel could have had an incredible season this year. Yep. But he just doesn't have a guy. I mean, even today, I was there. Uh, Will Greer underthrew him on, on a beautiful route that uh, Curtis Samuel ran. Curtis Samuel had to come back to the football, and Marshawn Lattimore just ended up running into him. Like, as a receiver, you're only as good as the player throwing you the football. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to have a good quarterback to do it. I like our receiver positions right now. I wouldn't mind adding another big-body red zone receiver uh, to the mix, but, I mean, you know, you, you need a healthy, capable quarterback to compete at the high level like that. Yeah. Hey, speaking of wide receivers, did DJ Moore even play today? I think he's hurt. Is he okay? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I didn't hear his name one time today. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's still, still out with a concussion. concussion. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he and Shaq Thompson were out today. Oh, Shaq Thompson okay. had his soul, okay. shoulder cleaned up. Yep. Uh, he was going to do it in the offseason, but since he was out with a foot injury. Uh, I got a tough question for you, Cody, is if Trevor Lawrence – Came out could come out this year. Don't do this to me. You if bastard. he could come out this year, would you? <laughs> if you're Cincinnati, would you pick Joe Burrow over him? Well, so this is the conversation about Joe Burrow. You have two seasons where one he was kind of pedestrian in a kind of a pedestrian offense, and now he looks like the best quarterback that's ever played football ever. So, uh, you know, it, you kind of have to take a bet on what kind of player that you're getting. Um, I mean, if I had – so, obviously, I'm biased. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a college football game. And if you saw what he just did against an Ohio State team that kicked his ass up and down the field, and it didn't even matter. He made plays in crutch time. He has a much better arm. He's much more mobile 
She's a physically talented, uh, I mean, six foot six, 220 pounds, a rocket arm. You can't teach that. So I would still go Lawrence first just because he's been incredible whenever he's played football. And Joe Burrow currently has one season of incredible football. But Joe Burrow, I, I listen, if the Panthers, you know, were, if we were moving on from Cam and we had to pick Joe Burrow, I would not be mad at that. But I don't think that's going to happen. Brad Dugan says, can we fire RV and the worst Panthers reporter ever, David Newton? No, we're keeping him around like a treasure. David the Newton match, matches the team. All right, let's let's go to the next call. Two five two. David Newton must have some dirt on the head of ESPN, dude. I do not know for the life of me. I think he just flies under the radar. I think he flies under the radar, and I think his goofiness actually gets him more clicks than like his misprints and stuff. So I think that they're okay with him because I hope we call someone a retard and they move him somewhere else. (laughs) All right, next call. What's up, guys? Kyle from VA. Well, we finally made it through this damn season. It's finally over. Um, not much to really talk about in this game other than Brian Burns still selling out when he gets a chance. Um, and Christian McCaffrey just being an absolute stud. Christian McCaffrey is, man, is a once in a lifetime type talent. And when we get a healthy Cam Newton back and him on this team, it's going to be a different story. So they get that defense right. Um, uh, I mean, the Saints kind of, to me, the Saints disrespected us. They, I mean, they didn't have to leave their starters in that much, but they did. <laughs> and that's why I fucking hate the Saints. I pray to God we come back next year. And just dog them and the damn Falcons. I, I, I hope. I really hope. Sweet both of them. That would be beautiful. Um, well, other than that, man, I'm just, I'm just glad the season's finally over. I've been so hopeful at the beginning. It's over, man. Um, time to watch the playoffs. I feel you, bro. This playoffs is going to be intense, man. It's going to be crazy. It's a lot of really good stacked teams. So that's going to be fun to watch fold, unfold. And um, this offseason is going to be pretty – it's going to be interesting to keep up with who's running for the head coach job and the GM and all that. Uh, me personally, I want Eric Washington. I want everybody that's on this damn coaching staff right now and on the fucking medical staff, I want them all gone. Yeah. Everyone. That has anything to do with what's going on right now. It's just fucking ass. And that's all that really is to that. But yeah, I'm ready to watch some um, playoff football, I guess. It would be a lot better with the Panthers, but unfortunately, <laughs> we sucked ass this year. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I can't wait for the show. Keep pounding. Man, thanks for the call, man. You know, a lot of good stuff to a very honest call. And I. I I'm with you, man, is I don't want anything to do with the, anybody on the, the coaching staff. And that's – I'm not trying to be insulting to any, anybody, but there's – we need a new – we need something fresh and new. This felt like an all-time low today. Sports Live and the ATL coming in here even saying, what the heck happened uh, to the Panthers today, 42 to 10. And, you know, the Saints didn't even look like they had to try that hard, though. 
You know, I, I mean, Drew Brees had 253 yards passing. Nobody had 100 yards rushing. Not even uh, uh, Murray had 61, and they still put up 42 points. So I think we need – this was a low. This is – I think we hit rock bottom today. It was kind of – we put down the old dog today, and it's kind of a tip of our cap to Greg Olson. Uh, thank you. Uh, to Christian McCaffrey, and I hope we get something out of some of the rest of you guys next year. We'll see how it all shakes out. How quickly do you expect... Oh, speaking of, I saw some news from Rappaport this morning that says that the Panthers are interested in talking to Josh McDaniels. Mike Mike McCarthy last week, guys. Uh I even heard somebody say that they're offering the Perry Fuel interview as not only as a customary interview, but it takes care. And they were saying it. The it, Rooney f- rule. The Rooney rule. So I don't know if that is shrewd is why the Panthers are doing it. But um, what are you guys thinking about some of these names now? Uh, McCarthy, There, people are trying to push that. I don't think there's any enough to it. I think that it's just people trying to drum up a story. Well, I don't understand that. I don't. I don't think it's anyone trying to drum up a story. We gave him two interviews, not one, but two. two. We gave him two interviews. He's the only coach that we have interviewed two times now. And I'm just and gonna keep they it, say it went really well. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it 100 with y'all. If if the if David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers hire Mike McCarthy. I'm selling all my stock on David Tepper. I'm telling, I'm selling all my stock on David Tepper if that's what happens, and I'll tell you why. Listen to any Green Bay fan tell you how long it took Mike McCarthy to fire Dom Capers, and Dom Capers was holding that defense back tremendously forever, and he just would not fire the guy. Like uh, you're, you're literally, you're hiring the offensive Ron Rivera. Ultra That's conservative. what I was about to say. <laughs> the offensive reincarnate of Ron Rivera. Yes, listen, dude, yes. listen. You have the most conservative. Like he, he's not. He's not creating. Like here's the thing. You have a once in a lifetime generational talent at QB, and you still are refusing to build around him. Yeah, refusing. Like, and that is so frustrating. It's like you sit there and you just hope that everything works out. And that was exactly what we had with Ron Rivera. He was refusing to build a team around the most important pieces, such as Cam Newton. And that's exactly what they did down in Green Bay. He is the most, he's just, he's, you wanted somebody who has emotion, who can come in here and drum up the, the team to have some fire and everything. That is the opposite of what Mike McCarthy is. Yeah, but uh, how can you say he couldn't build or didn't build around Aaron Rodgers? I'm assuming you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, dude, he built around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had weapons this whole career. Now, really, he's gotten he's gotten it done without weapons as well. But he's no, had no. Here's, yeah, dude, he's always had a Devontae Adams or a Randall Cobb or a Jerome you know, Allen or a Greg Jennings. He's, every he's one all, of them. He's every one of them players. are like fifth rounders. But but they're amazing. Well, yeah, okay, that's a good point. What was the kid that? that what was the kid from yeah. Oak that went to Oakland that was really good? That uh, for Jordy for, Nelson. Yeah, Jordy Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, yeah, so, that's a K- uh, Kansas State. What I, what I, I kind of think CK is trying to say is like when you look at so okay, Mike McCarthy's game plan was we're gonna put everything on Aaron Rodgers and hope that he makes these 
incredible exactly. plays all the time. And that's literally what our offense has done with Cam Newton since the time that he's been here. Like, when you have a franchise, and I talked about this last show, when you have a franchise quarterback, you have to do right by them. So, mm-hmm. obviously, our general manager has to draft the right players. and But also, you have to call plays that benefit your offense and you're not having to always put all the stress and all the pressure on your franchise quarterback. Because it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Cam Newton. That is a recipe for disaster. They're going to tee off on your quarterback. They're going to pick up on what you do and what you want to do. And they're going to shove it in your face. Uh, I, I, I would be absolutely yeah. livid. Panther fans will never see me so mad on this show if they hire Mike McCarthy, dude. <laughs> All right, yeah. Chef I, Jeff I, I, said... I don't, want, I don't want McCarthy. <laughs> Chef Jeff said, can we start a petition to finally get rid of McMix and his horribly awkward borderline... <laughs> homoerotic play-by-play calls bring back Zoki. <laughs> I was trying to think here as you guys were talking, and Jeff, you'll appreciate this, what Mick Mixon would say about Mike McCarthy. And he'll be like, as his supple... I got it. I got it. Yeah, so he was, always, he was always talking about Ron Rivera's ample chest. Yeah. Maybe he would talk about McCarthy's girthy stomach. Yeah, or a wonderfully round pot his boyish his, his boyish cheeks, his boyish yeah. cheeks, his his massive bosoms. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, I mean, uh, his supple love handles. All right, is there anything though? There is something to Cody. Is that could it? Why wouldn't you do that with Aaron Rodgers though? You know, like you is that at, at that point it won him a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl doing it. Well, yeah, that was that was after like that was a team that wasn't built by McCarthy though, right? Well, it, it was coached by him though. Yeah. So listen, I, I think that's kind of the trap that people fall into. Like, uh, you know, you, you equate the Super Bowl or even a Super Bowl appearance like Ron Rivera, and people think that means that that you're a great head coach. Well, um, what's the guy that Jacksonville just fired? Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls and. Nobody was knocking down his door for him to be a coach anywhere. Like, because well, he was like seventy something. He's old. Yeah, yeah but you. But but I'm also talking about you. Look at the players and what they managed to do with their players. Uh, Green Bay also had a much better defense in 2009. Clay Matthews was playing his best football that he ever had. Um, you know, a, a lot of things went well for them. That wasn't just on Aaron Rodgers being incredible. And yeah, he was incredible, but. I'm I'm not down for an offense where if your quarterback doesn't play incredible, you're not going to win the football game. Yeah, That's, yeah, you're right. That's what we've had for the last. I, mean, I don't know if there is an there. offense that if there is an offense that isn't like that though. Oh, there's yeah, sure there, there is. There is. I mean, like every team that's doing well, their quarterback is playing incredible. Yeah, no, but there's a difference no. between the 49ers. Playing. Yeah, so there's a difference. But the 49ers aren't even playing that well right now. They haven't won well, a lot it's lately. True. It's true. They last eight. Garoppolo is effectively running his offense, which doesn't ask him to have to do too much. And that's the difference. Like you don't, uh, if you're asking your your uh, uh, quarterback to hit go routes and uh, slants down the field all the time. You know, uh, with a single high safety on the field, 
You, you know, you're you're only going to come up with so many of those. I just and think it presupposes that Mike McCarthy couldn't coach a team without, or, or that he would coach every team like he had um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Tony, you know, let, like, me I mean, pose, let me pose but, this question directly to you, though. Knowing how bad this Panthers football team is right now, and knowing that we have to have someone that's going to instill a winning culture here in Carolina, do you think Mike McCarthy is the guy that would do that for this Carolina Panthers team? No. No. I mean, and and the no. reason I say that is actually I don't think that it. I think you could find some success with a guy like Mike McCarthy. And what I am actually intrigued by is a the idea. I'm not really interested in hiring a coordinator to be a head coach right now. I don't know. There, I, I'm, I've got, I'm nervous about that because I've seen it go wrong a lot as well. So I do like the idea of a co- somebody who has had some sort of head coaching experience, even if it wasn't successful. It Having some success makes it better. I worry, though, McCarthy just kind of gets you. like, And I think the reference to Ron Rivera is kind of a good one. You know, an offensive Ron Rivera, I think that's a great – analogy in a way because i think you could be like oh yeah we, we would it'd be like getting john fox you know did john fox make the denver broncos wow. a little bit better did he make the bears a little bit better yes he made all these teams to do better but it's not like he's still there as an anchor and a fixture of the organization so i don't know i want something a little bit more exciting that i think has more longevity than a mike mccarthy but there is something to some tenure, you know the tenure, man. That's uh, be, being there before no. helps. Well, but then that kind of narrows down your list, though, because you're saying you want somebody that was a head coach elsewhere. Like, really, if you look at the current names, the only guy that matches that scenario is Josh McDaniels, and he was fired at Denver. So, uh, I which mean, I I, I kind of like that idea, man. Yeah, I mean, I I listen, I'm. I really like um, the idea of uh, of Josh McDaniels too. I think he's a great offensive mind, and he's been a part of that that winning culture. He knows what it takes to build it. He's been there for a long time. Um, I, I also shout out the guy of blackness. Uh, I still really like Kevin Stefanski. Um, I think if you put him with uh, the kind of talent that we have on our offense, I think that's a good name. Um, I mean, if it, it depends on the person that we hire. If it's the right person, I don't necessarily care too much about where they came from. You know, I know this is really apples to oranges, but if you look at what Joe Brady has done for LSU's offense, and that dude is my age. And he went to, like, Marshall or something like that. But, you know, it, it takes a different kind of mindset to be able to turn, uh, turn what you do upside down. So if we hired the right guy, I really don't, care too much what their prior history is do you yeah. think uh, I get, go ahead i was gonna say i get what you're saying my thing about mcdaniels is uh he, he's the offensive coordinator for the patriots right now right yes correct look at their offense the last eight nine weeks actually the whole year basically has been very very pedestrian i know they're 12 and 4 they lost today uh and you know they're they did they're, lose they did oh they, wow uh, yeah, they lost Dolphins, the Dolphins. Or, or Dolphins threw a touchdown pass with like four seconds left, or did twenty-four the Bill- seconds left, something like that. Did the Bills play? Did the Bills have a chance to jump them? No, no, they they were, no, no, they're like three games back. Or yeah, something. The, 
Well, they could have tied him, I think, for the record. But even if they could, they Patriots have the tiebreaker. Have the tiebreaker, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, look at their offense this year, y'all. I mean, it really has been very, very. Their defense has been carrying that team. I think that's a fair yeah, point about- is that I think that is a fair point because we kind of are like just assume, you know, I guess resting on the idea that he is a super genius offensive guy and you didn't see it that you haven't seen it this year. They've had some problems adjusting. Um, I don't, I don't know. Cody, do you think Lincoln Riley's position has changed at all and, and can t- come into the NFL Losing, getting just straight dominated. Does that hurt his stock? Help his stock? Do you think that entrenches so, him to come back? I'm wondering, this is, is there any story there? Yeah. So this is kind of my thing. Um, Lincoln Riley. You know, obviously, if anybody saw what happened this past weekend, LSU just boat raced uh, Oklahoma, and this happens every year to him. Um, and one of the things that I think is apparent is that um, Lincoln Riley, you know, he's great on offense, but I don't necessarily know if he's great at building a defensive coaching staff that can actually get it done. Now, before I completely shit on the man, it's very different in college because you're having to recruit against other powerhouse football teams in college. You're trying to get 17, 8-year-old kids to come and choose your school over, you know, so if I'm a five-star defensive end, am I going to go to Alabama? And you ran into a juggernaut. With yeah, LSU, and, yeah, one, yeah, the best offense in in college football right now. But the to, to counter that, it's happened to them three years in a row. They always get the number four spot in the playoff, and then the SEC teams just come and kick their ass every single time. Um, I do think that Jalen Hurts are kind of seeing that he doesn't really. And shout out to God of Blackness. He mentioned Jalen Hurts. I know he's a fan, but uh, you kind of saw that Jalen Hurts didn't really have the arm talent to make the plays against LSU. Uh, but we have seen Lincoln Riley put up incredible offenses before. I do think he could have success in the NFL, but it's going to be incumbent upon a general manager building up a great defensive side of the football and having a defensive coordinator that knows how to use it. I tell you that Ohio State quarterback, man, it looks like an NFL player. Justin Fields? Yeah, like, I mean, he just looks like one. So him know. and Trevor Lawrence came out, uh, uh, went to college in the same year, and every publication had them ranked number one and number two. And, like, they were the two best players in the country, and they were both quarterbacks, and that never happens. Mm. All right, let's go on to the next call. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? What's up, G? What's up, G? Finally. Yeah. The bleeding has finally stopped. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> God, it, it has been excruciating. Year, man. How that living fuck if we go five and eleven, man? Good gracious! Are you a piss <laughs> off, man? First of all, I want to say congratulations to C Mac getting a thousand rushing yes, yards sir. and a thousand receiving. That's something, man. That is something. That is something. Why the living hell? Did you guys notice? Come the fourth quarter, you know. They started adding all these damn players in. Davis came in. Bonifant came in. Where the fuck were these people at in the first quarter? I have on the <laughs> We're like Eric last Eric week. Eric Washington, y'all got to go, man. Y'all really have to. You guys are not good coaches at all, especially Perry Fuel. Mm-hmm. That dude, get him the fuck out. He don't know what the hell he's damn doing. He just, I mean, he's he's, this was dude. the worst thing that could happen to him. You know what I'm saying? But you got to get the fuck up out of here, man, like for real, man. And before I go, 
And before I go, I have only this one thing to say. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select to be continued. Keep pounding. <laughs> All right. Um it was where you know these players needed to be out there a couple of weeks ago in some ways but who is did, what about that catch ck what was his name solster zilstra yeah yeah dude like uh, that was he had two really good catches two nice that one that you're good. talking about is the fingertip catch out towards the sideline the other one was the one that was a touchdown they called back because uh, he was touched with that foot but yeah dude that dude showed up out of nowhere but like that that's just is that not a prime example of of what this coaching staff and this this era of uh, of coaching that we've had it just illustrates it to a T that guy's been mm-hmm. sitting on the bench all season for the most part he was signed somewhere in the middle of the season but uh you know he's been there ready to be able to try to get an opportunity and when we couldn't get anything you know couldn't strike any any luck with our offense, you know, moving down the field outside of DJ Moore, that dude's just sitting there, right? You know, it, it should have been a lot earlier we could have gotten a look at him, but, hey, man, that why was an could, incredible outing for him. Why can't the refs move the damn ball when they see that they are two yards off the spot as they wa- look I, at it 800 times? We wa- we had to watch it 800 times. I understand not being able to challenge everything, but, gosh, wh- that ball was on the one. What's your opinion? Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say what's irritating about the challenging rule is it seems like on certain plays they can change one thing that wasn't the reason it was being challenged, but not in other ones. Because I've seen it happen this year. There was a Carolina is it towards the beginning of the season there was a Oh play yeah, that when that was like a it was like a fumble. Remember Ron Rivera yeah. challenged if it was a catch, and then they ended up calling it like a fumble or something like that. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was a fumble, but they said that they couldn't tell whether his knee was down. and It was a catch. They couldn't tell whether his knee was down or not, so they just maintained the incomplete. Yeah, and, 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 and like that, that blows my mind. You're right. I don't understand what the where the line is, and I really think it has to do with, like I said, I think that refs – do certain things for certain teams because this is a television show and they want better ratings. Like the rules are always changing, man. It's irritating. Do you? But, uh, okay, we uh, did we used to be able to challenge a spot? I feel like I've seen teams challenge. If, it, if it's resulting in a first down, like if it's not a, if it's it, you have it has not. He been, got a first it, down. Not, <clears throat> well, no. What I mean is like if it was like a if it was a third down and you had three yards to go and they marked you down a yard shy. And the difference between that one yard is the difference between a first down, a new set of downs, or not. That's okay. that's something you can you can mm. uh, challenge the spot of the ball. But like if it's already if the same outcome outside of yardage is already going to be the case, it's they, there is no movement. Unfortunately, even though that sounds backwards, you, you'd think that you know you, if you go back and you challenge a play, like I know you may not be able to challenge a holding. But, like, if you challenge a play and they happen to see a holding during the replay, I feel like you should be able to call that. But, yeah, hey. I agree. Yeah, I think the NFL gets their uh, referees from the school from the blind, the school of the blind. Because, uh, yeah, dude, it's, 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 we've talked about how bad the NFL referees are before. Oh, it's been uh, bad so far this year too, man. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been real bad. I don't understand the, the, re, the refusal to allow for full-time – referees 
that where their only job is to be a referee. Yeah, it's so necessary. It's because you yeah. got to keep raising that salary cap so you can give those quarterbacks fifty million dollars a year. It's why you can't do that, man. You know, and you I don't even I don't think they're getting life. better at all. Like either is that we saw throughout the whole season or, or early in the season that the NFL had encouraged the refs to swallow the whistle swallow the whistle right Mm -hmm. and let the play pan out and that way you don't blow something dead by accident and even with that zeiss whatever that dude's name is that touchdown or almost touchdown that got called a touchdown you know what i'm saying so like they should have got overruled yeah they should have kept it a touchdown Mm -hmm. reviewed it said it's not a touchdown then put the ball Mm -hmm. on the one 100%. 100%. How about this? How about this? Is that uh, I know that today is a hard day for the Carolina for Carolina Panther fans, and we're glad that it's over. But did you guys see that Jameis Winston became the first player in NFL history to throw thirty or more touchdowns and thirty interceptions? And his thirtieth interception came today on a pick six to win the game in overtime, where oh, the no. Falcons took down Tampa. <laughs> What an accolade. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Three, that's four records today broken just in the NFC South. They're talking that they're going to extend him. I think they will. I mean, but, I mean, it, at le- I, you know, but we need to get Gene back on the podcast to talk about it. But, I mean, maybe uh, do a um, franchise tag. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I don't – so, like, there's this trend that I was reading online that – uh, Bruce Arians, uh, the the first time he has a quarterback, he always throws a bunch of interceptions their first year. This goes to Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, uh, Roethlisberger. But then in the second year that they're together with whatever quarterback he's with, they always end up putting up good numbers and, and, doing, and doing way better than they did before. So maybe that's the methodology behind it. Um, you bring in uh, just bring them, break them down, break them down to square one. Yeah, this, yeah well, Jameis like, was a big part of the reason that uh, that Arian signed on over there. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. If, if they let it, yeah, if they let him go, then I could see a situation like that. That just eliminated the reason that Arians even became a head coach for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think so too. But the problem is, I think he's going to ask for too much money, and then they're going to have to let one of those stars. Uh, on the offense go that's really helping his numbers be inflated right now um but i mean I if, if, if Jameis can put it all together I, I you know i think the nfc south is is has some things to be scary about because if, if he can maintain the same production he's been having um without the mistakes that dude can run through the nfc south yeah but that's a big if though. i tell you yeah. this as a Jameis Winston trying to be the black George Blanda. Who? Come again? Oh. You don't Come know again? who you don't know who George Blanda is? Nah, dude, I'm the youngest person you've ever met. I didn't know George Blanda until my friend told me about him. In nineteen sixty two, George Blanda played for the Houston Oilers and he threw get this forty two interceptions. He has the most interceptions in NFL history, George Blanda. Nice. So when we, so my, we wanted to make a T-shirt. My friend wanted to make a a T-shirt that said, "Your quarterback looked like George Blanda." 
<laughs> How in the world do you get to like? Why did they not just bench him after thirty-seven? Like thirty-five would have been like, all right, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, how does it get to be that bad? <laughs> he had, uh, he had a career. This can't. You will not believe this. He played from nineteen forty-nine to nineteen seventy-five. He yeah, had a career. Thirty years. Wow. He had a career 277 interceptions. <laughs> George Blanda. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny because, like, I was talking with my brother about this stuff, like, you know, like talking about what teams are the most dominant all the time. This is my deal. If you give me a team that played football before black people were allowed to play, it doesn't count, dude. I do not care. <laughs> I don't care what the 1939, uh, Packers or Yankees or whatever, dude. It does not count until black people were allowed to play in the sport. <laughs> then you're doing something meaningful. Like people say, Babe Ruth is the best of all time, dude. Fuck that so hard, man. A bunch of white dudes running around on the field. No, sir, <laughs> not at all. So well, yeah, man, Jameis Winston fits right in with the 1962 George Blandas of the world. Maybe so, dude. How do? You, but they didn't even throw the football back then. Like, how That's what that makes it even better. Possible. Yeah. He had, uh, how about this? This is awesome. He um had in nineteen sixty. He did have four hundred and eighteen attempts. Wow. Uh, in nineteen sixty two, he completed one hundred and ninety seven. He had a forty seven point one percent completion rate. No, through under fifty percent, and all of them were were interceptions. That's what Jameis Winston did this year. All right, let's go to the next call. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Your quarterback looked like George Blanda. Uh oh, I can't hear homeboy. I can barely hear him. I can't either. Right, Do we get butt right. dialed? Sounds like it. Sounds like no, it. He's, no, I heard him say it 4-3. I mean, he was saying something. I just we can't hear him. All right. So. If you're listening, call back. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Um, now, where do we go on from this? Today, I don't even know what else to look at when it comes to the stat sheet with this. Um, the def- Really, it's, this is just the end. This is the turn in the page, new chapter. Any concerns, Cody, that... Well, actually, no, I'm not going to ask that question. My question to you guys is this, is when do you expect to hear any news when it comes to what's next with the Carolina Panthers? Do you think it's, you know, that it starts to unfold quickly after this week? Do you think we're going to see uh, teams go through the playoffs a little bit? You know, what do you expect I, the timeline to be? I got a feeling that David Tepper is a bird in the hand type of guy. You know, he's not going to let an opportunity walk out the door with the potential of it being picked up by somebody else. So if he finds somebody he really likes, which is my fear with Mike McCarthy, then I don't think that it's going to be a long time before we see some news being, you know, released that we have a new head coach. Um, I could see it in the next few weeks, but at the same time, uh, it depends upon how much he really cares about getting a college coach in here. Who was it? Was it who was it that was telling us about this team of coaches Mike McCarthy had? 
that um, um, who was it that was telling us like how well they you know like what they've actually done in the NFL was that on this show that I heard that yeah I remember we were talking about it the other day but so he hired like uh, he's got these coaches on call that they've been meeting with several hours a day but then from I thought it was you Cody that was telling us like that most they've ever been as a defensive coordinator on this team um hmm. no no I must have been on a different I don't show. remember it must I said have been, a lot of shit, dude. This must have been when I was on the radio. <laughs> but I, I, the point was this: is you hear about about this team of coaches that he has working around the clock with him, and whatever I was listening to, they said, or I thought I was part of the conversation. They said that like none of them have had any real success. Though. I'm pretty so sure you it got, was on ours on C three. You may but, uh, we may be talking about when we were a few weeks ago when we were talking about the New England coaches and we were talking about what has come from the Belichick tree has had success. And then somebody okay. was trying to say that Vrabel did, but Vrabel wasn't from the Belichick yeah, tree. Yeah, now that I do remember that, that may be what you're talking that. about. Yeah. I do remember talking about that with the Patriots. But did you guys also hear this story that um uh I think I'm getting this right, that we tried to interview uh, or that we requested to interview, uh, I think it was the Illinois head coach. It was one of these uh, northern teams, and he declined to to interview with us. And like people were like, "Oh, that's you know, he doesn't want to go to the Panthers." Like it was a slight to the Panthers, but like apparently that guy, uh, and it's so stupid, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, he never ever wants to like leave the school that he's at or something, or he really loves where he's at. So it wasn't necessarily like, like uh, he did the job wasn't be, yeah, attractive. Yeah, yeah like the job wasn't attractive. Um, I, I've also heard uh, Matt Rule's name mentioned that uh, the Panthers are interested in uh, doing an interview with Matt Rule, the head coach of Baylor, and Baylor had a really good year this year. They almost uh, won the Big Twelve, um, but that's another guy that's whose name has kind of been in the rumor mill. Um. So you, when you say Bird, do you think that then does that make you really think that Mike McCarthy could be the guy then, ZK? I mean, my fear when you bring somebody in for a second interview this early on, like that, that's my fear. That's the reason I'm, you know, I feel the way that I do, and I'm worried for Cody's sake and his uh, mental well-being that uh, that that I just I have a feeling that Tepper is not the type to you know, to sit there and let somebody walk out the door that he has a, you know, if he feels like that's going to be the answer moving forward, he's not going to waste somebody's time. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to waste his own time or somebody else's time. And so that, like I said, it's a fear of mine. I don't want McCarthy, but that, that part of me almost makes me think that McCarthy is, uh, is in the lead as far as uh, potential candidates. Why would you have two interviews? I mean, I understand why you have two interviews. Usually, though, that means you're getting hired. Well, like, if I ever went back for a second interview, like, w- w- that's strange. They've already interviewed him twice. Have they even interviewed Fuel yet? Or are they just going to do that, like, real quick well, this afternoon? What, and it, then- what, it, what it probably was is when he was in his interview, he probably said, I have a 10-step plan to give you success, and he wouldn't give them the 10-step plan, like, in the office. So... Uh, if you guys have ever watched, 
<laughs> if you've ever watched The Office, there's a time when uh, Michael Scott's leaving, so they're interviewing office candidates, and uh, they have uh, What's-His-Face, who played in uh, Will Arnett, I think is his name, right? Uh, who played in, uh, who's Batman for the Legos movie. But, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he says, I have, I have a, 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 a 10-step plan to uh, increase profits. And they're like, all right, what is it? He was like, I'm not going not gonna to tell you that. Then you have no reason to give me the job. <laughs> just going to take it. Um, yeah. But that, that's why. That's why. They, he, they needed more information. They're trying to decipher what his 10-step plan is so they don't have to hire him. Mm. I think that, that they're – I mean, I really have no evidence to, to back anything about what I'm about to say as far as what I feel because I really don't have any kind of way of determining it. But I think if, if I if I know Tepper, I think like you, I agree with you, CK. He's he's not going to let an opportunity walk away. But I also believe he's a guy who's going to do his due diligence, and 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 you know looking, he, you know he he got rid of uh, Rivera so that way he could have more time and and jump on you know this thing kind of quicker. I I don't think he's gonna. I mean I don't know. I don't think he's going to completely x out any kind of you know. Uh, college coaches but i haven't heard anything about any of that i, I just feel like it's going to be a little bit of time before we hear, hear anything i don't i think, think the reason that he i think his reasoning that he said that he wanted to get a step in on the competition is the reason i think he pulls the trigger quicker if okay. he gives that if he gives so. those coaches an opportunity to interview somewhere else and they also give him an offer well now he's ha- he, they're in a bidding war it almost seems you know that that part is the is the part that i think that's where he's wanting the competitive advantages he wants to get the interviews done he wants to be able to already have his coach ready for the league's new year and actually have somebody who's got a vision for what the future of the franchise is and get him in here and moving um i would would be much more excited though if we were hearing news about a potential g uh, this whoever this GM candidate's going to be. Hey they, guys, I'll be yeah. right back. I'll, I'll be back in like ten or fifteen minutes. I'll be right back. All right. Well, actually, um, Cody, I'm. Uh, I was going to know real quick, guys. I got to go. All right, so Greg. I we're almost, We're going to be wrapping this up event. pretty soon, anyway. Um, all right, all right. Later, Greg. I'll be right but, back. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, the what were you saying? Uh, what was your question, Tony? I was saying that I I would feel better about this. Is that so I, I think you're absolutely right about Tepper's instinct of wanting to be decisive. I think he's going to want to look like this is a very orchestrated, like, you know, he wants, it's yeah. like he's he, executing, just checking off, making these master moves. I think he wants it to look like that. And because of that, I would much be more excited to be hearing news about who we're interested in bringing in as this GM apparent. And then, Have you heard about the specifics about these interviews? No. They say that um, Marty Herney is very heavily involved. <laughs> uh, so what what that leads to, you know, and if you read stories, it's saying that it leads that to say that Marty Herney is safe within the organization. But as we've said before, it could still mean that uh, we're going to be looking at a change of responsibility for him. Um, but he is heavily involved with the interview process, meaning that uh, David Tepper trusts him uh, unequivocally, I would say. Otherwise, he wouldn't wow. be in any of those interviews. That's crazy. Uh, I got a good comments by Tyler Lovato. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the show, Tyler. He said, um, Matt Rule was a former quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, and now he's a defensive head coach. 
This man is extremely knowledgeable of both sides of the ball and every program he's been in, he's built from nothing. He's my first pick, then Josh McDaniels. And then Brad Dugan asked this, is any thoughts on Urban Meyer? I don't want Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, he's he's the type of coach, and I, I know some people have different opinions on this, but I, you know, when you're in college, you have to coach these guys a certain way. But, you know, in, in Urban Meyer, everywhere he goes, he always has some sort of uh, – there is, and it may not necessarily be something with him in particular, but there, for whatever it's reason, always controversy, something. It's something. controversy follows him. Um, and But beyond that, he rules with an iron fist. And if you ask NFL players – I think some of them will agree they need to be coached, but there are some people who say they don't want to be disrespected. They're making millions of dollars. They're grown men. You need to be able to. They're you making know, more uh, money than the coach. Yeah, some of them certainly. And so you you almost have this uh, this respect you have to have for your players when you go to the NFL. And and Urban Myers has not had that experience. He's only been that type to you know iron fist yelling at you, holding everybody accountable, which is okay. Um, you know, in that instance, but I think NFL is a complete. He's going to have like an aneurysm, man. You know, he's suffered with the depression. <laughs> like he's just yeah. run so hot. And I think you're yeah. right. I think he's a college coach. I think he's a yeah. good fit for a college. You know, Who are we and I bet about? Urban Meyer. Meyer. We were asked. Oh, somebody yeah. asked Brad Dugan asked, "What's your guys' thoughts on Urban Meyer?" You like this comment from uh, Tyler Lovato, uh, Cody. He said, Matt Rule was a former quarterback's coach, OC, and now he's a defensive head coach. This man is extremely knowledgeable of both sides of the ball. Every program he's been with, he's built from nothing. So we've just been kind of yeah. looking and thinking about the other thing is that we were talking about while you were gone is that CK was kindly, I don't know if it's kindly informing me, that Marty Herney has been heavily, heavily involved with this process uh, so disappointing. Yeah, and my thoughts that he was going to be ushered out the door quickly or doesn't look like that's happening. No, it really doesn't, man, and that's so disappointing. Uh, you had an opportunity to redo this whole thing, um, and I, I think he should have. I mean, why I not? I think that it's still possible. Now, not necessarily out the door, and the, the, by all intents and purposes, he's his position within the organization is probably safe. But he's still probably he's he's there's still a possibility he's in a different position come the new league year. Um, so there may still be a GM that they hire, but right now because of the you know there's only so much turnover you want to have before the you know we end up starting uh, to have very. I mean, you want to keep the draft, uh, especially before the draft, you want to keep Herney in, in in place for all that. But there's got to be some level of consistency for a process like this. Because uh, if you start bringing in a new GM in the midst of all of this, I think you're putting yourself. Well, you got to bring them in at some point, though. I'm fine with them bringing them in. I think right now, if you want to have any form of success with this coach hiring process, you've got to have some consistency within the organization. If everything comes out comes at this coach with "I'm new to this position," then that coach is going to sit there and kind of be there's going to be some sort of shock. Wouldn't you agree? I think, though, what we're forgetting in some ways, or what I would caution, is that most of the time it doesn't go well when you mix and match head coach and GM. You know, Dave Gettleman coming to Carolina and working with Ron Rivera is actually an anomaly 
I feel like is that usually, you know, the GM it's it, there. Anytime I hear of a coach being hired before the GM and then the GM being in there making this and that, I think of like the Jets and how they were always fighting for personnel decisions between Todd Bowles and the, you know, like, and I don't like that wishy-washy there. I want some clarity from the top down. And that's why I think it would be nice to at least say, this is the, this is who we want to be a part of making this decision with us. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just minding your piece and cues. Like you don't want him to be in the position forever, but I, I don't know. I, if if you don't want him to be in the position forever and you're going to hire an assistant GM that's going to come and ultimately replace him, then why would you let him be such a huge part of your planning and your choosing of things going that's, forward yeah. right now? Because yeah. yeah, it's not really you're... like you're moving on to a different area. You're still using the same decision makers that made the wrong decisions previously to make the right decisions going forward. Well, like, they made, just, Marty Herney's sense. made some pretty good decisions. I mean, yeah, Ron Rivera worked some... out. Ron Rivera worked for a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, the 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 benefits of moving on outweigh the negatives. But that's not what we decided to do. And so, well, let's, let me yeah, ask you this: just uh, you know, and and just because there's different strategies to it all. There's an art to getting rid of the GM, right? Um, you know, if we got rid of Marty Herney right now. His scouts are his scouts. They're not necessarily the organization scouts, right? So now you essentially get rid of an entire year's worth of draft or, uh, you know, prospects and scouting and things along those lines where if you got him, got rid of him now as well, David Tepper's probably given him a vision of where he wants the future of the franchise to be. And if you let him go out the window, you know, out before the draft, well, guess what? If some other team wants to pick him up, now they know the Panthers' draft strategy moving forward. When will we start you know, hearing I, news about uh, play, people being fired? And when do you think that? Does that start uh, tomorrow? That's Is tomorrow. It, yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah. It's Black Monday. Black Monday. So, yeah, literally the reason why we decided to fire Ron Rivera now was to get a jump on all this. So there's no reason why we shouldn't um, be out. Hire Mike McCarthy? And, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hire Mike McCarthy. Uh, but no, I, I I seem to think that you would um, that you should start to hear things rather quickly. I mean, that was the whole point of getting to jump on this whole thing. So, if if we so, were to hire Mike McCarthy, Cody, um, what could he come in? What would he need to come in and say to soften you to him? Um, I've just been hired on to cook in the kitchen. And, 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 and met, met, met these guys, some of my famous Rinder Schnitzels, too, or some shit. Dude, I don't want him anywhere near this football team. I, I, I'm, I'm cut and dry on this. I am black and white. Dude, if we hire Mike McCarthy, I am not a happy camper, man. At all. Anything that he could... What would he need to say to you, CK, to soften you to the idea? I've lost my memory and I have been uploaded with a consciousness of another human who is better at coaching than I am. I think, uh, gosh, you guys are so mean. I think (laughs) what I would want him to say is this, is that 
you know, I've been around success in the past. I've been a part of that success. Not, and I have also been around, you know, missed opportunities, <laughs> not missed opportunities, <laughs> but like, uh, I've also felt like how that seen those moments squandered. Right. And now yeah. I'm ready to reset and, and, you know, and correct some of those things that I could have done better in the past and be a bigger asset, you know, something to that effect. Or something like we're going to create the most dynamic offense you've ever seen with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. Don't you worry, Cody. We can make an offense work where we ask the quarterback to do everything, and it's going to happen in 2020. Well, my <laughs> let me ask this because I, I my memory's a little fuzzy because it's been a minute. When he left Green Bay, didn't he go out like talking crap about Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that? Hmm. I don't know. I, rem- I remember it the other way around. The Aaron the Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was tired of Mike McCarthy and his stupid play calling. And then, so they put out an article. I think it was on Sports Illustrated. That's what and, it was. And, and they, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and even people in the Packers organization had to come out and like debunk or refute these claims. But they were saying that like there were there would be times when Mike McCarthy was supposed to be in offensive meetings. And instead, he was in his office getting a massage. Now, I don't, again, I don't know what is or isn't bullshit. But it, like, I don't know. If that is true, that's not the, it does, he's not the kind of guy that, that, that we want to rebuild a football team, especially knowing where it is right now. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to stop being a Panthers fan if we hire Mike McCarthy, but damn, it's just, it's not. You know, I I don't understand how that gets anyone excited about the prospects of what this team is going to do different next year. The only thing that would excite me about his like opening speech is if he says we're keeping Cam. Yeah, I'm trying to find out what was going on with McCarthy and leaving Green Bay, and it said that there was a growing tension between him and Rodgers over um, play calling. And that I think it had something to do with... um, I don't think Rodgers is the easiest dude to work with either. I agree. Yeah, for sure. In fact, I think he said a mouthful. I think it's probably pretty difficult to work with. But um, I don't know. Also, keep this in mind, too. I think this bears repeating... Like, if there's a very real possibility that, you know, Cam Newton comes back next year and he's the, the, the quarterback of the football team, like, who do you, what player or coach, rather, do you think is going to get the most out of Cam Newton? Like, Mike McCarthy, like, does that, you know, he's going to be playing for a contract next year. Either he signs in the offseason or he decides to play out the last year of his deal. So, like, it, do, do you want Mike McCarthy calling plays for him? I don't know. Yeah, Brad Dugan says if we hire McCarthy, we would do it this week. This is here. This is interesting. Now, I'm just reading this article on SI. I'm kind of just glancing over it as we've been talking about it. Mike McCarthy, supposedly in Green Bay, they had a low tolerance for outspoken players was one thing that, that they mentioned earlier in the article. Now, there was this game against, this would have been, um, 
a couple of games in that season he was fired. It says, even after a win in Buffalo, Rodgers criticized the offense and blamed the game plan. It was a bad, It was as bad as we played on offense with that many yards in a long time. There was no flow to the game. We were a championship defensive level and non-playoff team offensive level. That was not great by any stretch. Uh, now, he did later clarify that he it was, you know, part of the blame was on him. But after he took a sack in a Bengals game, it was a sack late in the third quarter. Rodgers looked at the sideline and it, it said, stupid fucking call. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, the clip. I remember the clip seeing him mouth it. So this is where it gets better, is that even after that, the next week, the following week, when Rodgers walked into his individual meeting with McCarthy, the head coach had the broadcast clip pulled up on the screen, ready to review and discuss it. Oh my gosh. Gosh. So here, you remember when you said stupid fucking call, Aaron Rodgers? Now we're in here in the principal's office. Um... (laughs) Imagine, I would. I I think Cam is easy to work with, right? That's what I think. I think Cam's pretty easy to work with when it comes to in comparison. So I don't think you have a ton of problems like this and that. But you don't want. You got to wonder. Does that you guys called him the offensive Ron Rivera? Part of my criticism of ron was that he started to buy into himself a little bit too much i wonder if that's an example too of mccarthy maybe buying into himself too much where he's like hey we gotta discipline your mouthiness let's watch the clip together yep yeah i you know it's um you you mentioned that cam newton doesn't seem hard to work with uh i would even say he's so easy to work with it it's it's probably uh it 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 doesn't do any good for him that that he doesn't say anything. I think there are times when Cam has just kind of been like, you know, even if the play calling was terrible, you know, he does the quarterback thing. Oh, it's on me. I should have been better. I could have done better. I need to be better. Yep. But really, like, we all kind of see what's happening. We see that the play calling is terrible um, in the red zone or just, you know, weird plays that aren't inventive or an offensive line that doesn't hold up, uh, you know, all these different things. Um, I think Cam, you know, uh, under Mike McCarthy would be the same thing. He's not going to back talk him or, you know, disagree. Now, maybe because Mike McCarthy would be new and Cam Newton is, you know, going to be one of the most tenured players on this roster next year, then, you know, maybe that is a little bit different. Maybe McCarthy would lean on the wisdom of Newton a little bit. But I don't know. I just, I don't think so. This is crazy. The same story. It says that they were talking about a former coach that had a heavy-handed relationship with his quarterback, and that was Mike Holmgren. And he said that Matt Hasselbeck reported that Holmgren would threaten to fire Andy Reid, who was the quarterback's coach, if Favre changed the play again. (laughs) And Favre liked Andy Reid. Favre liked Andy Reid. You know, the Holmgren tree has been pretty successful of a coaching tree. That's one. I know that's a little (laughs) going back a little bit for you, Cody. But he said this. If you change the play one more time, I will fire Andy Reid. Do you want him to be unemployed? That's what he said to Brett Favre. That's pretty funny. That's crazy. Imagine Um, being that vindictive. You do what I want. 
or I'm gonna cut another man's paycheck. <laughs> I'm gonna fire you, uh, your your neighbor, and his whole family. Uh, I'll do right. it. I'll cut them. All right. So when we come back on Thursday, are any other thoughts about this game or anything about this team before we close it out? It's all one blur of a giant yeah. beatdown. Like yeah. from this to the Colts to the Niners to the Redskins of all teams to the Falcons uh, two times. Dude, it's just a blur. You know, it hasn't hurt out. as much as I thought it would. Well, and oh, the, the, it it's because mean. this is exactly what we thought would happen if Cam Newton wasn't our quarterback. Yes. Yes. That's why I think that we're okay. Like, not okay, but like not surprised we're yeah we're not surprised and it doesn't it, it hurts because obviously you had so much hope coming into this year but uh you know bottom line is that this is not it, we got jaded there at the beginning because you know kyle allen showed some promise and then that made us believe something was possible beyond cam newton you know leading us to the promised land at least until he got back to good health and and that's and we where should I have known our- that this defense was suspect. We saw it. We watched it all yeah. year. I think we did. We just this, were resided. This, we knew we couldn't stop the run. We knew we aren't this, that good. Yeah, the sack number I think inflate you know kind of made us a little more comfortable. We're like, oh, look at those sacks. You know, we we're good. We got a bunch of sacks, guys. You know, yeah. it's it's just not the way of the world. You know, when you think about the 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 way that this works i think personally you know season in review i'm glad that it's over i'm also very glad that cam newton didn't play this whole season because looking at the beatings that the quarterbacks took this year oh my god line you know i maybe this was actually the minor injury that would have occurred in the event of a much more serious injury had he played the whole year because that offensive line was not good the part of it that i think is the other piece is I think Cam would have recognized those delayed blitzes. You know, I think that yeah. it's easy to. I think that part is the is the part where Cam you, you miss Cam Newton being able to you know call an audible at the line, being able to recognize where the pressure's coming from, and letting the offense know, hey, listen, you know, twenty three. You know, when you hear Drew Brees in there talking about where the pressure's going to be coming from, he's almost got it right every single time. Um, and and so having that veteran experience is so so key within a with the the way that the defense is played in this league right now so especially that we have to face every year so let Michael. me ask you both a question can i ask you both a question b- before we go uh, uh, so if if cam newton quarterbacks this team this year the same roster how many more wins do you think we have what's our record this year at the end of this game if cam newton is our quarterback I don't think it's much different as far as the record. I think the games were a lot closer. Um, we had a lot more blowout losses this year right. than we've had any year under Cam Newton. Like even last year when he was hurt, there wasn't any but that one against uh, the Steelers that we were like, you know, not within striking distance in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, even with him being injured, we were still in a better spot. So I think that we would have th- – that's the part of it that's different. That defense is hard to overcome with any offense on the field. Um, so that's the part that – I. that's why I think that we wouldn't have much of a difference as far as uh, as far as uh, the record. Maybe a little bit better, but I think at bottom line is, you know, that defense would have lost us a lot of games. 
Yeah, time I want to say I want to. I think that's a fair assessment. I I don't know if it would be tremendously different, but you know, I mean, Cam can change the dynamic. It just depends mm-hmm. on what Cam you're talking about. Are you talking about Cam that we saw in Week One, met Week Two against Tampa where he couldn't walk? No, like that. I mean, I don't know how much that would have done, but you know, Cam can make up for a lot, yeah. and uh, he could at least. Some of those games that weren't that were blowouts wouldn't have been blowouts, and some of those games that were close, he he could have won for us, I think, or or really helped mask some more of the deficiencies. But I don't know if it would have been um, a trem- I don't know. But if, now, if you put in Cam Newton, like, and Cam Newton's playing towards the top of his game, though, then all of a sudden could have been a twelve-win team. You know, it could have covered. It could have changed a lot of different things. Where that offensive line started playing with some confidence, maybe at some point, instead of just knowing that nothing's going to work. I don't really know. I just think the defense was so soft that I don't think you can. You know, we would have had to put up fifty each week. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, there is going to be this team is going to be significantly different next year. I'll be interested to see. How about this? It's just uh, just for your fu- uh, for giggles. Um, we are still paying Captain Munnerlin got three million dollar. Oh, uh, took up three million dollars in cap space. Matt Khalil took up four point yeah. nine million. Um, Denoris, are we still paying Denoris Cersei? Hey, <laughs> are we really? Yeah, Jeez. I mean, not like a lot, uh, but I, that's I think, a name I hadn't thought about since God for gosh, it's been like two years, hasn't it? Denoris, seriously, I didn't even like ever hear a name and like I think oh, he was I, with us in 2017. Yeah, so I will say this though: the last thing about today's game, man, it, dude. Whenever you see the Panthers play in person without Cam Newton. Like, it's just, it's a whole different thing. Like, Kyle Allen would do these bootleg plays where, you know, he would fake a bootleg and go out to the right. And the entire defense knew that Kyle Allen or Will Greer wasn't about to run the football. But, dude, if that's Cam Newton, like, it just adds such another element to our offense if Cam is able to run the football and throw Mm -hmm. effectively and having a weapon. Like Christian McCaffrey, I'm telling you, man, it would be a travesty to the NFL if we never get to see a healthy Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey on the field at the same time, using him to effectiveness. Both of them being, uh, you know, uh, you know, capable of, of playing their best, hitting Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore on these deep ball plays that are just non-existent in our offense. I mean, I, I'm telling you, we. We have an opportunity to be a dynamic offense, an incredibly dynamic offense. But, you know, the the offensive coaches have held us back tremendously. And not having Cameron Jarrell Newton is a problem. And Tony Dunn, you and I said it so many times. If we don't have Cam Newton, we're dead on arrival. And Kyle Allen made us think that maybe we were wrong about that for a little while. But then we had to remind ourselves, oh, you know what? Me and Tony we and Cody, you know, CK, we do this show for a reason. Because <laughs> we know what the hell we're talking about. And without Cam Newton, this is a lifeless Carolina Panther football team. It's an empty, well, I wouldn't say empty stadium, but 
Like the the two the games that we went to that wasn't the fan appreciation game, and it was the Falcons and the uh, the Seahawks game. There was no energy in that in that entire stadium. Like yeah. not one lick of energy the entire time. Cam Newton walks out of that field, uh, out of that tunnel with his hand pointed to the sky with that smoke and that fire around him. It gives you, you know, those goosebumps, man, that, that you, can't, you can't help but be optimistic about the outcome of that game. You know, we haven't seen that in such a long time. It's so tough. I want to close the show. I want to give you a couple of numbers to think about before Thursday. Right now it says on overthecap.com, uh, which is my favorite you know way to keep up with player contracts and the cap space it says we currently have 11.5 million dollars in cap space if we cut mario addison you can save six million if you cut um poe you could save an additional four million so say you somehow restructure you know say we're at 30 million dollars in cap money you know does it, does that are we in a position to where with Cam Newton coming back this could be fixed quickly, or is this something? And this is a kind of me trying to dovetail this with Michael Jones' comment: How long before we challenge for an NFC South title again? Um, you know, is this a you know the the Packers they they brought in a new coach and they're really they're. they're and they've their defense all of a sudden is good and and it's they didn't skip a beat and they had a big or a dramatic change or significant change. Do you yeah. guys see us quickly doing this, putting it together? Or are we in here? Is the C three the couch need to be open for a while? I kind of think it needs to be open for a while. Um, I don't know, man. It, you know. But then again, maybe not. Uh, you know, if you look at what I've continued to say, I mean, there is talent on this football team. And I think that it's entirely possible, too, that this team knows they're not playing for anything. So, you know, may, you know, you never want to say that players gave up, but this is an unmotivated, demoralized football team. So go home, go into the offseason, lick your wounds, heal up, eat a bunch of food, make love to your wives, be with your family, get healthy, get your mind right, and let's come back to this Carolina Panthers team and kick some ass. Because oh, we wait. do have the talent to be able to do it. This actually just changed. I clicked over to 2020 on Over the Cap, and it says we have $34 million in cap space. And, like, we can, if we cut Don Terry Poe, that's going to take off $10 million. Yeah. Greg Olson, if he Terry came Poe. up. Yeah, by <laughs> Don Terry Poe. Exactly, by Don Terry Poe. As Greg Olson is a $8 million cap savings. Yeah, he's definitely. I, I don't see a situation where Greg comes back next year for the Panthers. If we cut yeah, Mike Davis, we get $3 million in cap savings. <laughs> see you, Mike Davis. Who is Mike Davis? That's that running back that played like two snaps. Later, bro. See ya. Oh man, what if? Do Wait, you think how the much pan- money does he save? Well, because he would have to have a new contract. He's probably on a one year. It's like it says three million dollars. It says if we cut Jarris Wright, we would save three million dollars. If we cut Mike Davis, we would save three million. If we cut 
Uh, I mean, these are some big numbers. Like, uh, could we be a team that finally has some money? Yeah. I don't know. And, and what you know will what? we do? I mean, is that maybe we're not as far away as we think if we could make some good moves? And, and, that, and also, imagine this scenario. Imagine we have some money to spend and we go into this draft and, you know, we're sitting with the top 10 pick. And we Dude, slay unless, it. Unless, well, either that or unless we're absolutely in love with someone, trade back. Get some yeah. more picks. Yeah. Build we up need your like roster. A, build a football build a wall. team. Build a wall. Dude, like I'm telling you, if it, let's say we're picking top seven. Okay, now this would be an astronomical haul, but that's why I'm talking about it. Like if we're sitting at number seven and some team in the 20s like wants to trade up, dude, I, that that would have to be a ridiculous amount of draft picks um, going into an uncertain future of Cam Newton with his contract. Knowing that a bunch of good quarterbacks are coming out next year, knowing that you have a bunch of holes on the team, on your offensive line and your defensive line that you need to fix and fill, um, I, I just hope that we have a general manager that understands how to play the draft this year and actually do it correct and build a football team. Because if we well, I'd also that, like maybe, to see us like maybe some of our third or fourth round picks pan out, man. Wouldn't it be great if Marquise oh, yeah. Haynes and Christian Miller or somebody, just anybody yeah. in that back end actually turned Who's out to be a damn player? Out yeah. <laughs> somebody. I think Christian Miller is going to turn it on. I think Christian Miller can, can be a good player. But, no, you're right, 100%. We, we need to hit on – we need to have a draft where we have, like, seven or eight picks and we hit on – Every single one of them. Well, yeah, or three. I'll take that. Uh, hey, dream big, Tony. Let's go four. I mean, hey, yeah. I mean, go <laughs> four. Right now, I just want to know if any of these players that we drafted will ever do shit. You know what I'm saying? And Or are they... I mean, like, if you think about it, gold... Like, all we've talked about this ad nauseum about how those back-end picks, we just haven't done well at all in them. We need a guy from the fourth round when you come back five years later, you say, look, that's what some of these teams have done. I mean, look, I mean, I know it's Tom Brady is the exaggeration there, but you don't find, you can't build a team of only first round picks. No. You know, you got to hit some guys that were overlooked, the Michael Thomases, the something yeah. like that, and we haven't done it. So, um, all right. I've got enough of this. We have had a long season. This is the last post-game show. I gotta say, I'm pretty... Um, I'm sad football's gone. I'm glad this football season is over for the Carolina Panthers. I'm surprised the games were as fun as they were, CK. Yeah, well, I mean, when you have people there with you that you can enjoy it with and everything, I mean, it, 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 this the Jaguars game was an exception. We were there to witness something that was... You know, uh, the first time that we anybody would have ever seen Steve Smith, Jake DeLome, you know, Wesley right. Walls and, and Jordan Gross inducted into the, you know, Hall of Honor. That was a different type of environment. But outside of that, you know, to be able to be there and, and actually support a team that is in utter tor- turmoil and, and collapse, it it sucks to see the loss. But it also it, it, you feel special because you were there 
when you didn't have to be and nobody would have blamed you for leaving right you know we were there we were a part of it and i think that's part of why it's so uh you know so amazing to go to those things is because you can say you're one of the few people that you know that stood by the team uh in those tough times yeah i mean is that like the first caller said i think it was theo is that we've labored through the successes and the failures with this team on the c3 panthers podcast we made the trek over and over and uh, we've supported our team and now we look forward to a new day to come and maybe some exciting news and for thursday's show I don't know. You might even be talking about Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and Cody don't you put can, that curse on me, Ricky Bobby. We can, can bring in the new year with that. Oh, no. I will commit uh, Harakiri on this podcast if that's what I got to do. I will take a blade across my stomach and just let my guts <laughs> spill out for the world to see. Oh, as, as you, everybody will be able to see it. It will be my last moments emboldened on the internet. The channel might get blocked forever. Don't fuck with cat shit, dude. Don't fuck with cats. Go watch it. Go watch it. It's so good. All right. Um, I don't know two- if my stomach can handle it. By the way, before we go, I just wanted to add one more thing. Brandon Zilstra had 96 yards today. Nice. Well, who dude, is he? Cra- yeah, dude. He has <laughs> last His last name is an erectile dysfunction medication or something. <laughs> 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 I, was like, I don't know. That's how I know him. All right. Um, it's the C3 Panthers post-game show. Tonight's episode was a special one. Pour one out for your homies. And your homies were the 2019 Carolina Panthers. It took a. It was a slow bleed at the end. Thank you, New Orleans Saints, for just coming by and ripping our hearts out at the end and feeding them to us and feasting on them. Uh-huh. Jumped in the prison yard, dude. Thanks <laughs> and fucking they put pennies in socks and just gosh, just yeah, gosh, yeah, just Every- like the soap in the sock. Oh, just hey guys, everyone tonight should be 49 ers fans. Every single person in the chat. Who's a Panthers fan? Tell us what happens. Tell us what happens if the the 49ers win. So right now, going into the game, if the Saints won the game against us and either uh, Green Bay or the 49ers lost, they would get a first-round bye. And if both of them lost, they would get the number one seed in the NFC, meaning they would get home-field advantage throughout. Um, Green Bay won, so they've – They've already got the they that prevents uh, the that prevents the Saints from taking the number two or the number one seed. But now, if the 49ers win tonight, it takes away the the first round bye for the Saints, and that means that they also don't have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They're going to have to without uh, barring something crazy happening. They're going to have to go to it's either okay. uh, Green Bay or San either, Francisco. Yeah, either one of those. Uh, if they happen to win the wild card round, which they're going to have fierce competition one way or another, because you have it, the wild card is either going to be the 49ers or it's going to if uh, 49ers, Seahawks, and the Vikings are guaranteed to be wild card. Um, so you're yeah, yeah, you've got a really you've got a really strong set of uh, of uh, NFC contenders. So no matter what, without a first round bye, the Saints have a long road to get to the Super Bowl. All right, go 49ers. Uh, and by the way, can I just say, CK, 
Uh, are you winning your solitaire match? Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> I see it in your glasses. Yeah, man. I have to be doing something. <laughs> Yes. All right. Yeah, All right. Man. Well, I'm gonna kill this podcast now. All right. I, I thought that was funny. I had to. Had to. Had to. Had to Dang. Had to follow. Deal, follow the show. We're gonna be here on Thursday night. Um, we're after the New Year's. We're also regularly on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. We don't quit. Longest running Panthers podcast out there. Number one Panthers podcast in my mind. And you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they find you on Twitter? At Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, on Twitter. Um, I'll bullshit about whatever you want. You can hit me up. I'll respond to you. Um, I am also the Carolina Panthers analyst for DraftTech.com, and it is the it is the season. So come to the website. Listen to my evaluations. Uh, up until now, my comments, uh, my column has basically been, uh, you know, team-oriented, what the Panthers have done throughout this season. But now all my content is basically going to be focused on the players that the Panthers that the Panthers have the potential to draft, and I put links to those players in those comments, so you'll be able to see what kind of uh, prospects we're talking about the the Panthers drafting. And we were biweekly, but now um, coming up here soon, it's going to be a, a brand new mock draft every single week. Um, I don't know when exactly that starts, but it's coming up here soon. Uh, so check us out. All right, man. And Codizzle Allen, do you have any more? Where are you at? Are you at one twenty yet? Ah, uh, man. I've I, I don't even know. To be honest, you have to check. One hundred twenty thousand followers. Uh, all right, Code. Uh, Code <laughs> how can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at Codizzle Allen. Um, that's pretty much across all social media. Um, you know, that's also on PlayStation and Xbox. Um, but, uh, yeah, just hit me up, follow me. Uh, if, uh, somebody says something dumb, I try to, uh, make them feel dumber. Uh, as you may have seen on Twitter with all these stupid people commenting on how, uh, the Panthers have fixed the Walter Payton man of the year. Twitter mentions, um, oh, yes. <laughs> just been, yeah, we fixed them. we've been, we fixed yeah. them. We've been retweeting like asses. Yeah. Dude, then somebody that's... somebody said half of I swear to God half of North Carolina uh, is illiterate and I'm like well not in North Carolina but I see you like to generalize uh, mm. what other stereotypes do you like to perpetrate um, but uh, so I saw yeah. that I saw you all just want you know what you got to say is you're just rooting for a guy a white guy named Kyle Rudolph yeah yeah that's that's what I, I said you clearly have your prejudices and that's what caused them to call me illiterate so <laughs> all right. Okay, uh, we'll hear Thursday night, guys. Uh, thanks for all the support in the chat room. Don't forget to smash the thumbs up button, subscribe to the show, and uh, check us out on Thursday night. We'll see you then, guys. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Let's end this decade already. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.